more than words. We ain't got no money for no music, but I brought my own song today. Mm-mm. I got the um this this thing here. Okay, now if you don't get that beat together, we cannot be. <laughs> You can't be my sister like that. I feel you can't do me like that. Okay. I feel like this podcast has been a long time coming. How long have we been talking about this? A year. Oh my gosh, Liz, don't make me go all the way back back. Cause you you have a tendency to bring something up like in a random place, like in between, like, oh, you know what, we were doing something else. And then I was like, you want to do a podcast? And then we back to doing something else. So I'm trying to not. I don't know exactly when it happened, but I remember saying yes. And then I was like, did I say yes? Then I said yes. So, so you're putting this on me then saying like, oh, we had an idea and now we're making it happen. But look, look how wonderful it is, right? It's called More Than Words. Mm -hmm. We're calling ourselves, what, the aunties of inclusion, well, so first of all, let's run it all the way back. All the way back. Okay, see, okay. I hope y'all who listening heard her just go through like three different subjects real quick. That's how she gets you, right? Like we was literally talking about how it started with this podcast and how she started. She asked the question and then she moved real quick into like three other things. See, this is how it goes. Y'all just witnessed that. Run it back if you didn't hear it because that's how it happened. But yes, when we thought about it, when you came up with the idea about a podcast, you use that voice and y'all going to hear it. It's, that, it's a voice. It's like, so I was thinking. Um, and uh, so you come up to us and you're like, I have a vision. <laughs> you are like your 3 a.m. vision. I got a vision. Yeah. And yes. I said, I'm I'm ready. I'm, I like yes. it. Let's check yes. it. Check it. Mine yes. is. So I had this idea. <laughs> That's the voice. That's the voice too. I mean, like, hey, would you like to buy? <laughs> and would you like to sign up and volunteer for X Y Z? Uh, oh, oh, by the way, I already signed you up. Right, right. Have, let me go ahead and send you the about us. Right. So we doing uh, a race. We doing a race. Well, no, do you want to do a race? And then, well, we doing a race. I already bought the t-shirts and got you a number and a name. I, I got the, I got the, I got the sign that people are going to hold going, hey, Shay, mm -mm. you're running a race. And uh, you know, I would never run. So let's just be clear. So Liz likes to run and she always trying to like influence me by saying, well, sure, when you run and when we run, I'm like, it's no we. Like there is no French in this. This is definitely a solo thing and it's never going to happen. If you see me running, you all should run because I don't find running enjoyable in the sense that like, where are we going? Nowhere. You know, when I go on race. <laughs> When, when we're on races, I always have that moment where I step back and I look at all of us running and I'm like, what are we doing? It's yeah. freaking three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. What, yeah. what the hell am I doing right now? And why and then, did y'all throw your clothes on the side of the street like that? Just literally. I mean, littering, right? Yeah. But it's okay. And then you got that goo stuff and it's like, you're burning in mile one. Why'd you pull out the goo? You, what is the goo yuck wait like let me the, fix my face the, <laughs> it's that energy stuff that when you run gives you the goo and then and then you run but people are pulling it out mile one i was like i'm still power walking y'all we got like i don't know 20 something miles to go you know 
But anyway, Listen, you, you see me on those tailgate cheers on the sidelines, just hoping I see you. That's like, place I to hope be. it happens because if not, you might catch me just sitting there talking, looking around. Because, you know, this single girl here, I have to use every social experience to maximize my time now that I spend so much time working from home. It's just ridiculous. It's like every interaction is intentional. So I'm like, okay. Okay, Frank, keep running. Let me make sure I have my sign ready. But let me use these cat eyes to see what's out here in these streets. That's the place to be, right? You got the mimosas because it's early in the morning. Allegedly. You got your cafecito. Allegedly mimosas, but for sure cafecito. Mm, love those cafecitos, <laughs> for sure. Well, listen, wait, we have to go back to the origin story. So Yes, sorry, we're going origins. Okay. So do you remember when we talked about Gordon Parker? So I remember there were cocktails that I made, which one was called the Sharita. <laughs> it was a tequila based cocktail. I'll put the recipe on our page too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, cause we were our, we were our quarantine bubble, right? I said, Shara, you can't be at home all day long by yourself, right? right? Come and be with my family and the two boys that I have that want to take all your attention away, right? Mm-hmm. Because yes. that I felt like that was a better situation <laughs> than being by myself. Maybe I wanted to be by myself. Anyways, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we were we were at the pool and we just went through moments of uh, like, what we just did now, like just all these ebbs and flows of stories and um, just about life and like what our experiences were and talking about our stories. And I learned a lot about you and you learned a lot about me. And together we're like, oh, you do that too? Oh, that Mm -hmm. happens to you? Oh man, Mm -hmm. I never knew. Mm -hmm. And so we would cry, we would laugh. And Mm -hmm. I felt that was such an important part of my life, it was super pivotal. And I'm like, there are other people that are like this too, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So put in context, that whole story you just gave was like an hour, like 90 minutes worth of like deep conversation. And then literally an interlude after that with the boys coming out was like, we want to play with every toy possible that can go in the pool. And then, you know, me not knowing how to swim. Okay. Trying to be like, okay, I'm a cool. Right. And then all of a sudden it gets too deep and I'm like, okay, let's go back over here. And then let's get your mommy to go get that toy. Cause I can't swim. <laughs> and then we were like, okay, they would calm down and then we would get right back into it. It'd be just like, go back into these deep conversations about our values values, family practices and traditions. And they were like, so we all was raised by the same people. Yeah, the aunties, the tias. <laughs> the tias. Right? Yes, yes. So, I mean, I do think, I think, so one of the big t- pieces for me, like when we talk about that poolside piece, when, so if y'all don't know, and you will know, Liz is a connector. So randomly, out of nowhere, Liz will call you. Or send you a text. Well, hey, how you doing? Right. That's how voice. That's Liz's voice when she texts or call, like text me. Hey, how you doing? What you doing? What you been up to? Everything good? Everything good? Okay, good. Everything good? Okay, good. Why don't you? What you been up to this weekend? What you doing this week? What you doing for self care? Like it's that's the text. And then all of a sudden you be like, Nah, nothing. I'm just chilling. Why don't you come over and over? Come on over. What you come on down? We're gonna have some pool. We just hang out with the boys. Boop boop boop. And all of a sudden 
You don't know why, how, when you already committed. You're on your way to the house. And then we're at the pool. Now, keep in mind, right? I was like in a fog during this time, right? Like we are deep in the pandemic. We are working 12 to 14 hours. And all of a sudden, it's just like somebody checking in with you. And I'm literally like, thank you for this lifeline. Like, let me grab it. And then I go and Liz and I've had many interactions. Like we've done, you'll hear more about all the work. It was unexpected because technically we were supposed to just have like a little sloshy size. <laughs> so charcuterie board. Or how do they call them? A shark. I can't probably say that. Every uh, time you say, say it again, say it again. Spell it. Like a NATO, like NATO. <laughs> I don't know how to say that word. Why can't I don't know. it be a cheese board? Who said it? Why you can't say cheese board? You just said it you, every I, time. I know you can't like, yeah, but then it makes it sound like it's a Lunchable. And I'm like, y'all, is the generation that ate Lunchables with yeah. juice is the generation that's now eating charcuterie and wine. You're welcome. But is it not a high-end? Uh, lunchable with a high-end Capri Sun with alcohol? I don't know. Those Target Lunchables, <laughs> they're fancy. First of all, they're expensive inflation, but they are also <laughs> really fancy. They're not like the American cheese, you know, run-of-the-mill Lunchables like we used to have. I digress. <laughs> First of all, we're not giving, you know, you said the T word. Okay, we're not giving them no shine. They is oh, not sponsoring shoot. this podcast. <laughs> no, we can keep it in, but if, but we just go get them that freebie. But no, 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 no. We're not giving them freebies, okay? We, like- everybody know where you go at when I you know. spend that type of money. Who go and get it? You don't go get no cheese for other place. $200 later. You know, easy. In- That's like minimum, minimum, like minimum. I know. But, you know, yeah. we kind of went into another thing about charcuterie boards, but they could they could check out if they want. If you know, if you know, this is what you're getting right here. If you came for a succinct conversation at this point in the beginning of the podcast, just fast forward, because this is not going to be the part, because this is how we interact. Right. These This is our conversations normally. And then you got to run it back. Like, so y'all are going to have to send us questions. Be like, So you said this phrase. We want to know more about it, because guess what? We already moved on. Well, this is true. And be like, did I say that? <laughs> did you? Was that you or me? Can you put our names in parentheses? So share what you said. But, you know, like <laughs> I that time what's funny is that first of all like thank you for telling me that because you know that really means a lot and I don't think you realize like how much I needed that interaction I mean we could all relate to this where we were at home trying to survive whether you're you know you're working where you were by yourself or you had a family or you just have a kid or you got your dog or whatever it may be that was such a lonely time and I don't think Mm -hmm. we're talking about it enough yeah yeah you're right it was you know it's almost one of those things where you like that happened you know you're trying to like go you know grow through it you know what I mean like you're trying to grow through it and like I'm going through it but really I'm just like hey you know what happened I did I realized one that there is a there is a virus out there that could potentially kill me because physically I was highly overweight so whoever's watching this video now 
Oh, we there's been some work here. There's some old pictures out there. I hope you never find them, but definitely, um, definitely a several pounds is this with the S's at the end bigger. And it was just one of those real moments. Like, you know, sometimes people be like, you know, you need to watch your weight, watch what you eat, do this, do that. And you'd be like, nah, I'm I, I'm doing my best, right? And then all of a sudden it's like something you face, you right, right in the face, like, okay, so listen, there's no vaccine at this moment. There's no all you can do is put on the mask or stay in your house, those types of things. But anybody who fit, and then that's when you read those little small, like they say it real fast at the end of those commercials. I was like, I got that, <laughs> that, that, that. <laughs> and that, that extra one with the poundage. And I was literally at like, okay, I got to get healthy. And then I really started working on my health. And then part of that other part of that journey was when you start putting in discipline, right? Like when you start putting it, it integrity in place right having some integrity with yourself and saying you know what i'm not i'm not really trying to eat good i ain't really counting these calories i walk because there's something to do instead of exercise i'm not really pushing myself and then you start seeing that in other areas okay i'm really not taking time to process things i'm just moving through things quickly right yeah. i'm not taking yeah. the time to like grow and then you people like you reach out and remind you oh my gosh you know what when's the last time i looked up and, and purposely interacted with somebody else. It was almost like, you know, you get in your cocoon and you are just so focused on you and your your immediate family. It was like almost survival of the fittest. And it was like the fittest was in your home too. It was like me and me. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like me being a, a daughter with my mom at the time in my home and then thinking about like okay how do I interact with other people who now I could be someone who can spread a virus so it was like all these things where you like I, in the center of it all was like who am I what's my integrity for myself how I engage with others and am I really honoring that and a lot of that was I'm doing a lot for other people and not very much for myself Mm, let's take a moment for what you just said. How many times do we take care of others and we don't take care of ourselves? Because as you went through this journey, because you're like, I, I don't want to be taken down by the Rona, right? But, you know, you looked at other sides of you too, right? Like the inner mm -hmm. work, right? And mm -hmm. uh, what's funny is you tend to ask us very, uh, very, very inner self questions, <laughs> They don't know that. Don't tell them. Oh no, will it back? Oh, we're having our, we're having our cafecito, and she's like, Oof. "What? What makes you want to do that? Or you know, what do you want?" Or I'm not telling you, you nothing now. I'm not telling you All nothing this. And then you're like, "No, no, tell me about you, Cher. No, 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 tell me about you." <laughs> I, know you know you work, I know how you, you work, Cher. I know how you do. You know too much. You know too much. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do here. But 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 Liz, seriously though, I mean, candidly, when I when I thought about, you know, I I was kind of like a little way for you about whether or not I was gonna come to your house. And I don't know if way for is a real word, but I feel like I've used that in my family and they accepted that as a word. So we're gonna use that. Don't put that in your scrabble because I'm not sure if that's a real word. Um, but we <laughs> You, there was a moment there where I was like, I don't want to come over and bother you. You know, you got a house, you got your boys, you got your husband, you got, you know, your mom, like y'all are all trying to, y'all got your bubble. I don't want to mess up the bubble. And not once did you like even acknowledge that there was going to be any issue with me coming in your space. I really do just want to know what was you, what made you reach out to me, candidly speaking? 
know. Divine intervention, the universe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know. You just like popped into my head. And, and um, I think for me, like I was so, I was one of the ones that I'm just trying to get through it. I'm just trying to get through every day. And I think one of the things that pulled me out of it is stop being so consumed about me and like me, 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 how we're a me world, right? And I said, you know what? I'm gonna reach out to people. And then I just started thinking about it. I was like, I wonder how Cher is doing. And we had that phone conversation. And I think I was like running around like <laughs> with like diapers and mm-hmm. you know, all snacks. Cause mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I'm a snack person for little people. That's what I am. That's what my pack is. And a DJ. Oh yeah, we're at dance party. I have my, I have my little like disco. I have my little disco light. (laughs) If y'all don't know what that is, you will know. Okay, if you know what that is, that's a that's a party in your outlets. Okay, don't don't talk. Just hold it out. Don't show it. Don't give it too much because we're gonna turn it on one day. We're gonna turn it on one day. We're gonna turn it on one day. One of these at night. Yeah, so they can see it. That's that's a good idea. We're gonna do dance party on your. So you was on mom duty, diapers in hand party in the hands of like yes let's try to entertain the, the kids and, and i the think family. it was i was it was the day that Stuart, my husband and i had uh this the meet, meetings at the same time mm-hmm. so there was nobody parenting the gremlins nobody they they were running rogue in our house and they tipped out every single box of toys in our i have a picture i definitely put that on our Instagram page because that was a reflection of all parents all over. And you know that, well, you don't know, but when the box of Legos tips over, your heart just sinks to the bottom of your stomach. You're like, shit. (laughs) So it was a rough day. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and reach out to someone because part of self-care is going and reaching out to someone and maybe not putting yourself aside, but you may not know that you need interaction from other people, that you that people crave community, people crave connection with people. And sometimes when you're in it in the household, they may not, they're just trying to survive themselves, mm-hmm. right? The gremlins were just trying to like normalize being at home all day long. They've never been at home. They've always been at a daycare or school or whatever. My husband, he works from home and we ruined it for him. We're like, y'all people <laughs> ruined my <laughs> time here. Okay. Right. I'm, I'm sharing an office with him and I can type loud, you know, enter. What an experiment. Okay. For like, what partner experiment wasn't there a movie where they record them i felt like that's what we needed one of those movies that recorded all of it, it like a like, documentary like blair witch yes <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so i called you because i was i was phoning a friend right i said i, I need human and i want to check on shara and i want a human interaction and then something pulled at me right we tend to not like stick to our intuition like and say something pulled at me. i'm like you know what bring Shara here. And I said, you know, come, come as you are and come whatever, however makes it comfortable. I'm like, if you don't want to come through the house, you don't need to come through the house. If you want us to wear masks, we can wear masks. It's like, I just want you here in however way you want or need to be here. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, bring your own chair, bring your own Lysol wipes. <laughs> like, I don't care. Bring your own charcuterie <laughs> board. Like, I don't care. Just come here. And it was like, it, you, I mean, it saved me too. So, you know, in all of our discussions, I mean, I had some life changing moments during, during those conversations. And then here we are, right? Yeah. We're in with this journey. And I didn't realize that I actually wasn't, I wasn't fulfilling my own vision and my own passion. I was neglecting it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think, I think you kind of saw that too, maybe for yourself. Did yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, uh, so just for the record, I did break my own Lysol wipes and I did break my own towel and I did break my mask. <laughs> And, and, she, I, and she did go through the backyard too. I did go through the backyard, but it's okay. Listen, I didn't. I still don't play. Y'all, all, you will see me messed up. Okay, so um, my my bio safety protocol is just be in order. Okay, because I am over here protecting this little circle over here. Um, so yeah, I was. So you know, I was the most depleted. I was depleted before the uh, pandemic. So I was already running on fumes and I was in the midst of trying to figure out, you know, I had, I was coming off a hard, like a couple, a hard couple of years, candidly. It was more like, you know, I had this really big breakup and like a long-term relationship that did not work out. And then it was like a shift in who am I after a long-term relationship? And then it was, you know, my, my job at the time, you know, was basically saying, you know, we don't see you doing the role that you aspire to do. Right. And I was like, no, I'm already operating in that role. People see me in that role. Like, I'm telling you, I'm worth it. So I'm fighting for my worth there, trying to find my identity after a relationship. And then I got into a point where I was like, you know, this this DEI work, this diversity, equity, and inclusion work is really such a passion for me. And I, I want to do more of it. It was like almost to the point that it was every day. I was like, a, like, just couldn't go. My day was not complete without it. And not just like in my work part, but like in my life, it was like, I need to learn as much as I can. Like I couldn't, I was so hungry for it. And, you know, coaching was really my lifeline. Coaching was where I learned how to kind of let go all of those. And we'll talk a lot about like all kind of the different responsibilities and layers and labels you put on yourself. But really it was the time when I got to be absolutely not responsible for anything other than listening and reflecting for another person and not trying to solve. And so in those moments when all of that collage of worth, not getting valued at work, you know, finding your passion about something and not knowing what to do with it, and then finding out that you don't have the responsibility to solve everything and you just need to focus on you, it all collided at a perfect time, hindsight now, because I didn't feel perfect. Um, but it, it hit at a perfect time. So when the pandemic came, I was I was in there. I was perfectly aligned to deal with me, what I wanted to do, like wrap, like really sit in my passion and let it like soak me up. Sometimes I feel like it was gonna drown me a little bit, but just really kind of figure that out. But it allowed me to find myself worth in this next this phase of my life where you know everything around me where I thought was going to tell me, yes, you're ready, was kind of telling me was signaling to me that you've outgrown your space. Mm. 
Yeah, I think we've all been there. And I think when we don't trust our intuition and we don't listen to those little signs that say, hey, there's something over here, you, you know, because we have this idea of what success means or what we've been told what success means, you know, and when, and it's like, I mean, I, I, I went through something very similar where I was fighting for my worth, but I also felt like I wasn't positioned to be fighting either. I think at one point I just gave up in my fight because I was so mentally, emotionally, physically exhausted that I couldn't fight anymore. And I thought I wanted something. And I think the pandemic for me, it was hard. Like, cause you, you said that perfectly hindsight, <laughs> it didn't feel perfect. It was hard as hell. Like it was not easy. Okay. I still get PTSD when my child brings home homework. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I, I don't want to ABC one, two, three. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to connect colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like hindsight, looking back at it, it allowed me to stop and pause and think about, wait a minute. I don't actually have any values. I mean, I thought I did, but I've never actually really thought about them and put, you know, put word and definition behind them and, and then saying, okay, these are my values. Um, What are my boundaries? Like, what am I willing to do? And what am I not willing for other people to do? And it was just reflectory. And I started thinking about, you know, over the last couple of years and like my struggle trying to find my worth, trying to find my value, trying to find like, where am I going to impact people? And I remember having this conversation with one of my really, my, my best friend, we were walking around, we're doing a walk outside. And I told her, this was in 2018. I said, I feel like there's something greater than me. I feel like if I think about my day to day, driving in and out of Houston traffic, you know, three hours at a time. Um, And then I come into an office and I sit in my office and, you know, I'm doing what I'm being told and I'm this way and that way. I'm like, I feel like there's something more. And when Mm -hmm. I think about that, this is going to be my life for the next 15, 20 years. I'm like, it get, there's something inside me. And she's, and you know what she told me? She said, oh, that's really sad. I still feel that inflection in her voice, the genuine sadness that she had for me, that I was in that place. Yeah. And that's yeah. tough, right? So for me, 2020 and like the, the pandemic and us being at home for two years or whatever it was, it gave me a moment to reflect back and say, okay, when was I my most joyful? When was I my most impactful? And I thought about the work that you and I had been doing with our employee resource groups, our work that we did for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's what I love. I love building community. I love connecting people. I love hearing other people's stories and you know, because it also puts things into perspective, right? I mean, I, I mean, you and I both came from very rough backgrounds and, you know, and we get so into our new and our world that we're in, quote unquote, this world that we're in, 
and we forget about when we were playing in the ditches <laughs> with, with, our, uh, with our little, like we had the popsicles, but in the bags. What do you? No, not have, the bags. Y'all bag. have them in the cups. We right. had the cups, or you had what we called the little one that you that now they got the boozy ones where it was in that long plastic and you got to eat it fast because your hand would melt it and it would yes. turn into juice. Yeah, yes. so we, we had ours in a, a Ziploc bag. I love so it. You'd go to you'd the go to ounces. the you'd go to the vecina or a neighbor. Ooh. You'd go to her. Mm. She'd sell them in her cool box. Muchas right. gracias. Muchas gracias. And there'd be mm. like there'd be like cocoa and mango and sandia watermelon, you know, mm. all these. Or you would get chamoy. Did they have horchata? Because you know that's my Ooh, thing. Oh, I love it. Come on, horchata. Come mm. on. Get that horchata. Mm-hmm. Horchata. Mm-hmm. Horchata. Yeah. Oh, it takes me somewhere. Oh. Okay, Shara, we need to do one where we go get some paletas. <laughs> Listen, you're going to have to point me in the right direction because I'm going to tell you right now, I have been trying to not eat too many sweets and, I'm, and I've been really doing a good job. But my aunt, uh, since I've been home, has these Twizzlers that one day she's going to go back there and ain't none there. But you can't trust me, man. You cannot trust me given my journey to health to be around some savory. Savory, you can trust me, but sweet. Mm-mm. Oh no! But that Dude, horchata in a Ziploc bag, frozen for fun, mm. and a hot day. That's what, don't say de leche looking at me. Just... Ooh, dulce de leche, yeah, you know mm. it. You know. So I... yeah, so that's you know that's kind of my story too, and you know, yeah. and and my journey, and I, I, you know, we we hope that people could relate to this, and we hope that it yeah. connects people and thinking, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> Right, right. Well, because, you know, at the end of the day, I will say when you talk about boundaries, that was one of the funniest, saddest journeys of pandemic for me. And I mean, I can be I can make fun of it now because, you know, hindsight 2020 was horrible. Ask all my best friends or people who had built me. They was like, you know what? I don't know why this is happening. Like, have you checked your boundaries lately? Like, do you have any boundaries? And, And really what happened was, you know, I have some hard boundaries with people who are not my family. But once you in that threshold of family, my boundaries get real, was real transparent. Like it was just like, I mean, not transparent, translucent, meaning it was not there, right? Because mm-hmm. you grow up and you're supposed to be all in, like the family is- well, the family's unique. number one. Right, you do your part, right? Like you get in when you fit in. You know, somebody asks you to do something, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, how fast, right? And when you get to a certain point, people don't tell you that you got to figure out how to turn that down and turn you up. And so I had been taking that with me, like, oh, okay, my friends, I can, these people or coworkers, okay, they got a box, they got a box, they got a box. Oh, no, uh uh-uh. uh. But when that family box hit, it was like, well, if the family needed it, so yes no matter how it needs to be done, right? And that right there, when you get into a situation in the pandemic where you are in your bubbles, right? And you're not in that interaction constantly with family, there's not a pool per se. And you just have to sit there and be like, what are those boundaries? What are the things that need to be in place for me to be really honor myself? One, honor my health, my my integrity, my my power that I need to kind of be who I am, all of those things. And you start realizing a lot of that stuff, you just feel it from growing up and not learning early on 
or not, at least for me, not soon enough, that some of those boundaries and those hard talks and those moments come from just saying yes so much in your family and assuming these traditional either cultural roles or gender roles or whatever it is or survival roles candidly you just you 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 lose that there should be boundaries in that space as well as not just other spaces and so when all of that colliding like okay where's my boundaries I don't I didn't know where to find them for my I didn't know where to start but I knew I had to start with me Mm. It's hard though. It's hard to put your boundaries on your family, especially when you're lonely in other places, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if, if you can't bring your whole self to work, whatever that means to you, because you feel like you have to be quote unquote professional or you got to assimilate or, you know, whatever it is. And you know, you, you, it's exhausting, right? And you can't bring yourself to work. So you feel like you can bring yourself, well, you feel like you can bring yourself in your family and that they're going to love you no matter what and accept you the way you are. And so we tend to allow things that we wouldn't accept in other places in our, in our life. Mm-hmm. But is You're it, right. is it serving us? Is it good for us? You know, it's funny, you know, some parts did serve me in the sense that I would say it served me in the sense that it got me to a certain point in my life where I was supposed to uh, be really clear about the things that was like the core values of who I am that are that are the same as my family, right? Like faith, be a person of your word, you know, those types of things. And candidly speaking, you know, caring for others, right? Those who earn those, that part of you to care for others. But the other parts of like saying yes, going an extra mile, even when you're not asked, all of those translated in, into workplaces or firm places where it just sets you up for instances for somebody to either take advantage of the situation or to let you down. And in that very moment, that's where I realized, hey, these are in my boundaries, whether that was a, um, in, in other places outside of just me, it was just like, oh, where does that show up? Like, that show up when I do too much and give too much. And then when it's my turn and I don't feel like I'm reciprocating me, especially, especially at the time at my workplace, it was one of the moments where it's like, okay, so they really, if I leave you tomorrow, they really don't need me. Like the whole thing going to fall apart. I, Cause you know, that's what you hope, right? Like in your mind, like, when I leave, the whole thing going to fall apart and go call me. It's like this damsel walking away, like don't grab my chest, you know, kind of thing. It's just like crazy, right? Like I'm sure that was not appropriate for like a DNA moment, but and I felt that way. That's like literally the visual. It's I'm your pride. Person. It's your pride. Yeah. It's like, you're like, like, wait a minute. I poured my heart and soul into yes. here and it, you know, one thing, if I may interrupt you, because I have a question. Of course. Um, so do you feel like, you know, the boundaries that you didn't have with your family, do you feel that impacted and and how you showed up at work too? Yes. And, and you got to be prepared for answering that question once I give you this answer, because don't try to throw it out there like that. So it's coming back. Start thinking about that question for yourself. Um, yes, I would say I would say yes and no. So one thing my family, like, don't let people take advantage of you. They had an exception. It, it, it had a little star at the end, right? Which is like, don't let other others take advantage of you. That's the piece, right? Mm-hmm. Don't let, and I interpret it, don't let people take advantage of you. And so when I found it was instances where I was working hard and I would bring up the conversation, I felt empowered, like, okay, look, 
uh, why am I not getting promoted or what, what's going on here? Why can't I get to this director role or this executive role? What is this going on here? And I would have the conversation. I would come out with my papers. I'd be prepared. The problem was I never, that it, it's that piece about that extra step, right? Like what does success look like outside of a, like a unit that is not, that doesn't know you that way or value that way. That's when you have to be like, okay, not only am I going to have to be qualified and I have the hard conversation, but I also have to put my ducks in the row. I have to play the game in which I'm in, which is having champions and advocates and people saying my name in the room before me and also doing things that people thought was not possible to do and then showing that and putting a value monetary as well as intrinsic value for the organization and let me tell you none of that stuff is easy but but at the core of it was hearing that my abuelita my grandma uh in the background saying you did you go there and not do your best don't come back here unless you did gave all you got because when you come back you know what's gonna happen if you ain't give them you didn't put to insert your uh, family name on on your work, right? You represent the family, right? So in each moment, it was like, oh, at work, I need to make sure that my granddad be proud and my grandma and my aunts and all that. I'm like, wait, that's not really the message they was giving me. <laughs> well, that's not really the message I was supposed to take away from that. But, you know, you don't know until you know, but I flip it back on you. Yeah. Your question. So, so what you think about it and and how it translated to the workplace, did it oh, serve you? Yeah, no, I mean, I think about the boundaries that I didn't set in my personal life. And I think about the person that I chose to be in my personal life, where I was more submissive and I was vocal behind doors versus vocal in front of people. And, you know, I think in the same way, you know, and I, and I didn't, I've had to develop my emotional intelligence because mm-hmm. for those that don't know me, <laughs> I like to take my hoops off a lot. Man. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's necessary, right? But other times, um, but you know, I, I was never courageous enough to ask for what I wanted. I never felt worthy of doing that. And I didn't think, and that translated both in my personal life and in my work life too, where Mm. I would say, you know what, all I need to do is work as hard as I can. It's interesting that you talked about your legacy, right? And your family telling you, make sure that you do your best because the family name, like, you know, your legacy depends on it, right? And for us, yes, it was I took that upon myself, like for me and how I'm raising my children, but for my parents and in my, in my history, it was about survival and it was more about really assimilating, you know, and flying under the radar a lot of the time. So that behavior, seeing that growing up, you know, kind of, it, it, it stuck to me and I, presented that a lot of time at work, right? Where I would just say, you know, you're my supervisor, you're my manager, especially if they were a white male, right? I would be like, well, you must know everything. Um, And putting them in this pedestal that they're the, that's what, that's what we should be achieving. Um, Mm -hmm. And that 
that I lost my voice and I have a, a lot to say, right? I'm I have a ton of years in corporate. I'm, I'm an SME in what I do, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, I, I do have value and I do have worth. And I just never saw that within me. And, and it took a, a champion, an ally, an advocate to help me find my voice. And fortunately, you know, he, he was, he's a super, he was a supervisor of mine, you know, and, and he, he really said he would be very frank with me and give me feedback and, and say, okay, well, this is how I see it as, and this is how I would have acted or, or he would, he would just simply say, he would simply say nothing. Mm -hmm. And he would just listen. He'd be like, give me, giving me that space to just project. And I think that Mm -hmm. gave me the confidence to then say, oh no, I have something to say. I do have worth and I have value and um, I can't be submissive in this way because how am I going to pave the way for other people like me? And also yeah. for my children, right? How am I going to break that that cycle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you there, that really resonates with me in the sense that, you know, um, especially in the workplace, right? It's like, you know, there's some people that come into the workplace that just shake it all up, right? And they're there at the right time. And that, in my career-wise, when I think about my real transition to BNI, it was really this, one of my former managers, and she was empowered by my one, one of the VPs at the time. She just was like, hey, you know, she brought, brought her in, my, this manager I was speaking up, and it was like, you know, we need to build these things, we need to do these things, we need, we're going to do this cultural transformation. And, you know, when you're a person on the receiving end of that, it doesn't always feel good. But I'm always, I love new stuff. Like, I love, like, the, the, the dreamy, like, oh, I don't know if we can do it. I got an idea. That's my world. Like, I, people are like, ooh, change? Yes, let's go change, right? Okay. Like, right? But so when, I, when this particular manager came in, you know, she, she knew her stuff, right? It was like, once again, you were there with a person who's clearly confident, capable, right? But what she had that she at least empowered me with was, she was like, you don't have to be in the background to, to be successful. She was like, you, I mean, to, humble, humble is not an attribute for leadership. Humble is an attribute as it comes to who you want to be as a leader, but not in leadership. Right. It's like that's a characteristic trait of a, of a leader that could be really successful. But at the end of the day, they don't check that off on your performance. Like, oh, were they humble? Uh-uh, no. But what they do check off is, were they courageous and bold enough to say what needs to be said in the room when no one else did it? They do check that off. And so that's what she she offered me was you do this behind the scenes really well you can maneuver through this organization by every front of every back door but I need you to work in the front I need you to get out in front and do this in front of others of what you're capable of doing kind of behind the scenes and of course you don't immediately trust somebody who's like yeah put yourself out there mm-hmm, yeah I don't know you like that mm-hmm, sis but I trusted her, right? Over time, she demonstrated it. Her, the VP who came in, demonstrated it. And, you know, it changed the behavior of like, okay, I can do that. Now, keep in mind, I'm going to say this, uh, they were white women, 
right? They are white women. So of course there's a little thing in your back of your head since I'm a person of color. Also, for people listening to the podcast, um, so I am brown. I am black. Okay. Hey girl. Good I got a And we're in Manas and we're in Manas. <laughs> yes. So I'm, so I'm a black girl, fully like robust as this voice is, just like all of that. Plus I got dreads. So just imagine um, all those things. And I would say like, you know, I was used to playing in the background because I didn't want to be, I wasn't safe for me to be in the forefront because I was a person of color and oil and gas. And you know this, Liz, like you being oil and gas, you, you put your head down, you work so they don't see your color immediately. And then all of a sudden you put that shift on it and you'd be like, wait a minute, that's what's the most, that's what I'm bringing here. The ability to do all those things that who I am with all the cultural diversity and all the things that I'm able to do and do it the way I do it. That's what's making y'all making this work. It's not that if it was the case that everybody be doing it. So when she gave me that power, it it was unleashed. I mean, it was nothing. It was never going back in the box. When you realize that the value that you bring to organization is your difference, your similarities get you in the door probably, which that we're going to talk about that another time because that's not necessarily ideal. And then your the way you go about things, the way you maneuver, the way you see it with your lens, the way you maneuver with your power, your influence, the way you manage your work, how you talk to people, all that, that is all of you being whoever you are. That's not them. That's that cultural difference coming into play. So I'm going to tell you right now, if she never, I wonder sometimes if I never met her, would I have been the person that you were just talking about who have never felt like, you know, they were feeling that they needed something different, right? Like they couldn't be in that corporate life forever, right? Like they could just go on like that way and retire. I, I don't, I think that was my journey without knowing that was my journey, right? It's, it's mission, right? It's mission driven. We all have a mission and we have a why and, and, and that's what kind of inspires us and moves us forward. And, and also, I mean, you and I are not the type of person and, and our, we've been very lucky to have certain managers that have pulled that out of us or mentors or advocates that have pulled us out of that, that have acted as our mirrors, right? The mirror that looks at you is, because that power is always in you. You had that power at home. You have that power in your personal life. It was in there. You just didn't see it there in, in, at at work. Right. So she was your mirror. She took that dust off and be like, bam, Shara, brown skin, queen with red. She's wearing red glasses today. She She loves her red glasses. Um, you know, what's funny that what, what comes to mind for me when you bring up your story is, um, so I didn't have a voice. I then decided to have a voice at some point, but I wasn't authentic. And that created, I would come home, look in the mirror and be like, oh, I don't like you today. Because I was a very, you know, I mean, it was very an aggressive leader, right? But I I know, I know people are like, oh, you're calling yourself aggressive and you're a woman. Like that's society telling you, you aggressive. (laughs) But we always know, right? Like we always know we're not treating people the way you would want to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. Or how... And, and it was it was it was shameful, really, because I was treating my team I, the way one of my worst supervisors treated me. 
you know, and I was, I, I, cause I said, well, I have my voice now, but I'm, I didn't, I didn't know what my authentic self was. I didn't know who I really wanted to be or who I really was deep down inside. So I had to go through that whole journey of, yes, I have my voice. I know my value. I know my worth, but this is how I should really be showing up. And this is how I want to be showing up. And it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to, to be showing up who you truly want. And I think I feel, I well, I hope people have that self-awareness where they, they really do know that they're not showing up the way they want to be. Yeah. But I guess for the audience, what was it? What did it, what did the leadership look like in the past and what does it look like now? Just to kind of put some context to it. So my leadership style in the past, um, Hulk style, right? Like I'd get green. Right. I mean, I called out somebody in a meeting in front of everybody. And I basically mm-hmm. told that person that they weren't doing enough and that it wasn't okay. And uh, I, I had very hard deadlines that weren't, um, weren't people driven deadlines, I guess you would say, where it would make people kind of work overtime and working on the weekends and, you know, and and it was very mission driven. So I was putting a project over humans, over, we're not human, over people, right? I was putting a project over what people really wanted and needed. And it was a very difficult time. And I was so focused on the just singular level and not seeing the whole picture, right? And not mm-hmm. keeping in mind the needs and of people. Now my leadership style has shifted and I've, I've learned and grown and, and my true self is out now, right? Where it is a very, like, I'm gonna support you no matter what. I'm gonna trust you from the beginning. I'm going to be able to have those difficult conversations with you and give you feedback because ultimately I want you to grow. I want you to succeed. And whatever I can do to, you need to tell me the tools that you need or what you need, where we can figure it out together for you to be as successful as you want to be in this role, because it's Mm -hmm. not about me. It's about, it's about them. I have my own journey, right? But as a, as a leader, I'm not there to lead. I'm there mm-hmm. to support my team to be the leaders, right? To, mm-hmm. to showcase their skills and, and to have trust and, you know, all that. So, um, yeah. but, but I guess, you know, like you just described everything about, you know, how equity shows up in leadership, right? Giving resources to individuals as they need them, the way they need them so that they can be their best selves and still deliver, right? But but if you were looking, if you were talking to someone right now who is like hawking, right? They are busting out, calling people out in the meetings or, you know, really not being their authentic self or they are being exactly who they are in that moment. What would you say to them about, what you, I mean, what would you say to them about what you've learned thus far to help their leadership at least be considered for whatever their next step would be in that space? You know, I'd ask them about the le- the legacy that they want to leave. And is this really, uh, is this the legacy that you'd like to, to leave if that's something that interests them? Because you can't change people, right? They'd have to want to change themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- 
for me, it's, it's that legacy. What about you? You know, if I saw someone like that, I would, I, I think, you know, first of all, I love the legacy question, especially when we're coaching, but I would just ask them, what kind of team would you need to be on to be your most successful? Mm, that's a good question. Because sometimes you just need people to step outside to say, okay, what you, because what I would go to is I'll let them talk about what they would need. And then I would then ask them based on all your other team members, what would they say? Right. Because I think ideally when you're trying to lead, you're trying to project what you think is what success would look like or how you would get things done. Right. And at the end of the day, it's, it's all kind of a combination of all these things that you've collected over time that you think works versus who you authentically may be and who, how you should be. Um, for those who, of you who don't probably have maybe, for those of you who may have come to leadership naturally, this may not be your, your ministry right here, but for those of you who are ahead to be like, okay, I, I'm the first one in a corporate job and I don't know anything about this environment. So I'm just collecting pieces what I think works for me or made me feel good. Um, and then you want to emulate that or at least how to get things going and be successful. I don't know where this voice is coming from. I need to really check in with that. That's a weird thing. But um, but I will say... Is that, is that the Hulk voice? or is like a, the, Who is that? I need to go ask that voice that your, a question. Is that your alter ego voice like my Maria? No, see, no, my alter ego voice is really uh, kind of sinister. Got a very calming voice that talks to me kind of like James Earl Jones. And they kind of like, it's just a little scary and a little bit like, uh, I need you to be thoughtful about this. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a very much so like sinister slash serious, I'm not playing with you kind of voice. I wish it was more funny. Um, my funny voice um, only comes on uh, in instances where I'm like really just loose. You see my, my, my funny, my funny voice be like, you know what? Don't say that about that person. You know, because I see all those things. I'm like, ooh, what would you, what would a DNI person do? And then I'm like, I'm not at work. So let me <laughs> oh, you know that's so funny mm-hmm. when you were talking about how DNI when you start going through this journey, and mm-hmm. this is for all like the other DNI professionals. And I'm pretty sure people are, is going to resonate with people. You start bringing in every single part of your life. So yesterday, I was talking to this this guy who is a genetics a genetics person. I don't know what the official name. I apologize. Y'all can email us. Uh, and tell us what the real name of a genetics person is. He's a biologist, genetics. And I was I was hearing about what he did for a living because we're doing career day at school. And uh, and I asked him, huh, that's so interesting. Do you, um, do y'all have, I mean, how do y'all make this uh, genetics testing accessible to uh, low-income neighborhoods or uh, un- underdeveloped countries? And I... <laughs> I go. He takes a step back and he goes, um, um, I hadn't thought about, I hadn't thought about that. Um, you can definitely tell that you are a DEI professional. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, I mean, it didn't process until I got home. Mm-hmm. When I got home and we were all done and I, w- I was, you know, looking back at my day because, you know, as we do, and I started thinking about that conversation and I said, 
I sure did ask that guy if genetic testing was accessible to low-income neighborhoods, you know? Like, yes, you did. It came also, out. Also, if there's any genetics people, biologists <laughs> out there, Disclaimer. Is, genet- is genetic testing available to underprivileged neighborhoods or yes. third world countries? Yes. And if not, then somebody needs to get on it you heard it you heard it first at the Sharon Lizzie show. Now what is this called? More than words show. Yes, yes, yes. So. We need to tell them one day about the origin stories around the name. That's hilarious. I wait, wait, wait. That's that happens all the time though. The DNI moments is hilarious. Like, so first of all, just so y'all know, you know, we are we are practicing self-awareness around this work, right? And we're also, you know, leading organizations, individuals and cultures, whatever the case may be, right? Like read that uh, about us. But at the end of the day, we still human, right? Like, so we just had those moments where, you know what, I shouldn't do this, but sometimes you don't catch it. Just like, yeah. But you know what, sometimes you catch it, right? When you be like, you know what? I'm gonna ask the questions like, like, because we're coaches. So for those of you who don't know, we're coaches. And so uh, what you learn first in coaching is how to listen and ask a powerful question. And so sometimes you don't even know it can become so natural. It to just you came that out. You forget. Yeah, you don't out. even think. Yeah, it's like because you're listening so intensely. Now, for those of you who are not understanding why this is, um, why this may be just a little bit of a funny moment, it's because what grade are we talking about? This career day was in. <laughs> no come on what grade tell him tell him um <clears throat> first grade okay so i don't know why i answered that like you know whenever you're in a, a you're in competition <laughs> Wait. um spelling me spell inquisitive First of all, I hope inquisitive is spelled like that. It was my wall with the bloopers. Listen, first and foremost, let's be clear. She's talking about a first grade career fair. Now, let me say shout out to the school and whoever invited you to go talk about DE&I, because you know the traditional, you know, bring the what kids normally know. I really like this progressiveness that's happening, but um, you definitely showed up and talk about, I have a question. Keep in mind, these are first graders don't have any questions or they do. Like, can we touch whatever that person brought? You let it, because like, well, how about the accessibility of third workers? Come on, be an practitioner. If you don't get back to work. And, and I just, <laughs> I just want to put the record straight. I could fit in the chairs of the first graders because I'm a short, sassy Latina yes queen yes queen um so i can fit in the chair so i looked like a student to be fair <laughs> to be fair in, and i was inquisitive <laughs> but you also presented so i'm pretty sure the cat was out of bed but no there's nothing wrong here so i will say that let me be clear it's nothing wrong here we're just having a little bit of joke but the, the craziest part about this work is it does infiltrate who you are, right? Like it is, it becomes a part of you in a good way if you really embody the work. And there's some parts of you that you still get to compartmentalize, right? Like some things that are not necessarily your every day in this work, but you can be authentic and still have like boomer moments, which this wasn't, this was a great moment for you to ask a question, right? Because it showed one courageousness and that adults can be inquisitive. And candidly, we still want to know if things are accessible. But the other piece of it is, it's like, when's the last time you will get a chance 
chance to be in an environment around little ones who are just as curious as you, who probably didn't even see anything wrong with you asking a question. That's my people. That's my people. But think about the lens that we put on. Like I'm sitting here with the lens of, oh my goodness, an adult had a question in our first grade session. That's all of those lenses that we put on ourselves to say, this is how we should act. This is the box. This This is is the the similarity. And you know, I Mm -hmm. do not like boxes. I like circles, like hamburgers and cupcakes. Exactly. Don't start about no hamburgers. (laughs) And, you know, like for people who are just getting into DEI work and uh, because I'm I would admit that I'm fairly green in that space. So that was a very proud moment for me, just so you know. But people who are just getting into the space or being very more intentional about me, you may be in HR, you may have been in HR for 20 years, but now you're getting into DEI work. It's going to start showing up in different aspects of your life, it's going to show up at home. I had a situation where we were with a group of people and it was like, it was at home. And there were a lot of uh, comments that made me uncomfortable. So first of all, it was the awareness that I was uncomfortable, that something was triggering me and that I had to reflect back on myself and say, okay, what about these comments were triggering me, right? And then ultimately, if that comment is hurting someone or a group of people like my belief system if a comment hurts a group of people or a person jokingly or not um I don't, I'm not about that that's not who I don't play like that that might be boring or whatever you call it but that's just I don't I don't play that way and so you'll have to make you know difficult decisions at times if that's in your boundary value system right yeah so yeah yeah, I was going to say those are the hardest moments, though, sometimes, because that's when you are in front of people who know you and you're now shifting and showing them a different part of you and you're not 100 percent sure if they're how they're going to receive it or accept it. But those are the bold moments where the stuff that you do, where the, the work you do outside comes inside and that becomes a new space for you. And, and people have to decide whether or not they are going to support your growth. And that's also a time for you to decide if they don't support your growth, right? What does your, what does, what does that do for that particular relationship? But also what else would you need in, in your network to think about other differences that will support you as you go through this work? Because really to your point, accountability and support when you go in through this journey, like you're gonna be constantly learning and growing and you need people around you that are gonna allow you to be like, go ahead Liz with your DNA moment girl, go ahead girl. That's right. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I mean, why is it acceptable? Like let's say someone who does taxes, right? But they, one, are in trouble with the IRS. like. Uh, would you let them do your taxes? Right, right. This is so somebody who's vulnerable, who's doing this work and willing to do the work and learn and also work hard and learn it so they can support others. Absolutely. And that's what I will say. I think as we think about closing this session, because I know that's where you was going, uh, is, you know, I think we should at least leave off with like, what is something that they can do between now and the next time we talk to them to think about, you know, some reflections from this particular conversation? Yeah. And, and what questions do you have? Because uh, mm-hmm. I think we're going to do some IG live uh, events too, where Shara yeah. and, and or I will get on IG live and 
answer whatever you you have we may not have all the answers but we will get them to you at some point or collective yes. you get the community can give us the answers so just so y'all know Niz threw that out there because she know i'm uncom- uncomfortable about the ig live but she put us on the spot on the first episode i just want to say this is the first episode so just want to let y'all know she put me out there y'all y'all know this that's behind the scenes she trying to act like that was a part of it part of the conversation it wasn't you not going to force me into it but i'm doing it because what i'm not gonna let you go out there by yourself we a two-pack now i see and i just want to go on record it's on record now they got yeah. it they got it we're, we're putting her on social media we're yeah. putting her on the grid you're horrible <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very private person for those who don't know clearly can't obviously expect that now that i'm doing podcasts maybe because your friend asked you to do it and now you got to do it but um it's the charcuterie no, boards But I will say this, I will say I'll leave on on two things. One, I think if anybody takes anything from this conversation, at least for what I shared today is, you know, take a moment to just think about who you want to be. Not tomorrow, not five years from now, but just like, who do you want to be? And if you have a hard time answering that question, just keep working at it until you get a good list of who or a phrase or whatever. Who do you want to be? Because your values are somewhere built into that and you would want to start doing that work. And I'll tell you, that was the hardest question. I was like, well, who do I, who do I want to be after I end this job? Who do I want to be after I end this relationship? Who do I want to be in this next stage of my life? Who do I want to be now that I got this information about diversity, equity, and inclusion? Who do I want to be as a like a, a auntie, right? Or or or, or some or a mom one day, right? Like all of those things. Like, but if I could when I I couldn't answer it and I couldn't find my words that's where I needed to spend the most time and that's really what the in essence of how we came about which was that phone call that Liz did for me was my lifeline for me to start feeling comfortable enough to be able to answer that question not just for myself but being able to share it with a person like Liz and having that vulnerability and trust even when at that moment she could say well don't you do this work every day with other people don't you coach people like hello and she did she just held, held space for me to be able to say it's okay to keep growing let's I'm here I'm gonna hold space for you while you figure that out and when you do I'm about to cheer you on and make you do IG lives and clearly podcasts allegedly I don't like all these like uh you know allegations but okay is <laughs> that <laughs> Check the recording. Uh, what's your closing remark, Liz? What do you got for the people? Well, first of all, like I'm really excited about this and I'm honored that you're doing this with me too. My hermana, my, mm-hmm. my cafecito partner, my coach partner, my advocate, my sponsor, my ally, like my everything, right? Um, oh, you made me cry. Um, well, you cry, I'm, a, I'm literally going to hit end on this. Y'all, I cry a lot, just so you know, we'll just put it out there. But what I'm really looking forward to is diving into these topics and speaking to them, very, speaking about them very candidly and openly and f- funny at times because <laughs> we got to laugh in this work sometimes yes. and, and, in, and in every day, right? Like I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to building a community. I love, you know, where I name my warriors of whatever, my warriors are this, my warriors are that, Hulk, Superman, 
whatever, all those things. Um, and I think for, for me, what I would want to leave everyone with is a similar question. What's the impact that you want to have? Right? I'm a big legacy person. And it's not just, I hate to say this, it's be a little harsh. It's not good enough to just be a good person. What's your impact? What are we doing? So that's, I know it's, we're ending it a little harshly, but you know. That's not harsh though. That's not harsh. I mean, I guess, you know, if we go back to the essence of who we are and how people kind of approach us, I mean, you know, they come, they come for, they come for the, the, the aunties, the TTs, and the aunties and the TTs are a variety of different people. There are some people going to push you. There are some people who go and joke with you. There are going to be some people who going to hold your hand and let you cry on their shoulder. And there's going to be some people who have to have a, they, they don't, they, what I say, they give it to you straight with no chase. I mean, it is pure and straight and transparent. It's like a dagger. Yeah. My and, and it's, Yes, like it's like, oh, when you drink something hot, this is burning down, you know, but I, I really was, did it. <laughs> I did it. But you know what? All of those versions, and, and by the way, y'all send us information about your your TTs, your aunties, or um, plenty of other words and terms and other languages for aunts or those people who are your parents, symbols that you can go to and, and are your uh your 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 great conversations and give you good advice and sometimes crazy advice that still works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um so our email is Liz and Shara at more than words podcast.com. Find us on IG, find us on uh on our webpage, mm-hmm. right? More than words podcast.com. Um mm-hmm. send us your questions. Our bios are out there, our about us. Uh, send us your topics, your questions, your stories about your tias, your aunties, your titis, whatever, whatever you may yes. call them. Yes. And note that next time that we get together, we will have a guest speaker. So, you know, ideally we wanted to spend some time with you, just the two of us, so you could get to know a little bit of our origin story, but you'll start hearing more of our guest speakers. So there are some topics that we don't, we are not the experts or, and, and, or we just got people that we really want to talk to and chat with. And so, you know, you'll be getting to meet some of those. So check out some of the upcoming podcasts. Um, and I will say we've been a little funny with the title. So uh, give us some grace right like some of the times are like yeah yeah no i'm serious but then it's like these other ones that you're like yeah i don't I know, know where that you. voice comes from where yeah. is that voice yeah is that like, is washington is it because it sounds a little it sounds a little aggressive i need to talk to him who it's, it's actually it may be you know what i don't know i need to go explore that voice because it is got a tone yeah. to it and maybe it's they maybe it's a they i don't know who that maybe is i'm they. aware yeah. Well, well it was so everybody. Good, y'all. We'll see, see y'all next week. Bye. Bye y'all.